Hey, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to let you know that our course and coaching program called Youth Ministry Growth Accelerator now offers a three-month and six-month payment plan, which makes enrolling easier than ever. Just head over to growyouryouthministry.com and sign up today. And as an added bonus, if you join by Friday, May 17th, we're offering a free student leadership launch workshop, which will help you build and launch your student leadership team from the ground up. I can't wait to see you in the program so we can start accelerating the growth of your youth ministry today. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey guys, we've got an exciting show for you today. We're interviewing Pastor Jeff Moores of Rhythm Church in Oceanside, California. He talks about creating a community that's magnetic within your ministry. And he takes us through his ministry journey of growing a college ministry to almost 700 students and then going on to plant his own church and all the ups and downs that come along with that. You don't want to miss this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast. My name is Jeff Lascola. I'm here with the irreplaceable Kristen Lascola. Thanks. <laughs> you uh, remember that when I die. <laughs> yikes. Well, this took a, a drastic turn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You have my blessing to remarry. Uh, okay. This is, we're, we're just <laughs> unpacking a lot right here in the first few seconds. Anyways, uh, we have an exciting show today. We have a good friend, Pastor Jeff Moores from Rhythm Church in Oceanside. Yeah, so I uh, met Jeff when we worked together at North Coast Church. He worked there for eight years. Before that, he was doing something in Seattle. I don't know, maybe (laughs) he can tell us. Living, breathing. Skateboarding, I don't know, (laughs) tagging stuff. But um, yeah, so I met him at North Coast and he ran our young adult ministry called The Jordan for about eight and a half years and it just blew up. And we'll we'll talk to him a little bit about that. But um, and now he is a church planter, which is pretty incredible. So um he started a church in South Oceanside called Rhythm Church. Um, like to be honest, I'm so excited to get to the interview because when I found out Jeff was leaving North Coast to start this huge project, I was like shocked. Like you're so successful Mm -hmm. at, you know, what you're doing and you've been here for eight years, everything's smooth sailing. Like why in the world would you climb this like incredibly steep hill? I was just like, why, you know? So welcome Jeff. We're so happy you're here and I'm so happy to see you. Cause I mean, it's been, I don't know, a year. It's been a few months. Yeah. Hey, it's good to see you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Stoked. Stoked to be a part of this. Okay. So, you know, I, I mentioned in your intro a little bit, just like how you took this young adult ministry at North coast church and it just kind of became larger than life. You know, um, it attracted young adults from all over North County, San Diego. I think you grew it to, wasn't it like hitting the consistent, like mid three hundreds on a Thursday? It, on a th- no, on a Thursday, we were we were in the five hundred to over six hundred. Holy, you're a mega church. You, are- <laughs> yeah, I mean, for young adults, that is that's that's a that's a large amount of young adults for sure. Yeah, so that's a large church just in general for any age. And it was like interesting to watch you kind of take over the Jordan and that like secret sauce of what you are so good at and you've made yourself a student of is just this like 
cultural guru, you know, like the Jordan became this, this entity, it became, um, iconic, you know, I guess, you know, in our neck of the woods, you know, if you're like a out of state listening, you're like, what are you talking about? But like where we were in North County, San Diego, it was iconic. It was the biggest young adult ministry around all the students at the local colleges. I mean, and the high schoolers were clawing their way to get in there as well. And so talk to us a little bit about like what, when, when you set out to knowing I've got to set a culture, I've got to make a branding, I've got to make this something that has its own identity. Like what are those things that are running through your mind when you first started? Well, I mean, I think for me that it it goes back, it's kind of just who I am in general. Um, From the time I was young, I was always like, like honed in on, like I grew up skateboarding and snowboarding, you know, moved up from San Diego to the Pacific Northwest and I was like 10. And so um, I really like globbed onto those cultures and those cultures are very trend setting and there's a real tight knit community and culture that's involved with all of those. Um, And so I I just kind of, I, for some reason I just dove into those and I didn't just dive in to be a part of it, but I dove in and I understood everything about it. In high school, I was a major partier. I don't know if anyone out there can relate with going through those rough high school years, but uh, in high school I was a major partier, but I just wasn't a partier. Like I would be the guy at the party that understood everything that was happening at the party. This guy's going to fight this guy. You know, these two are going to hook up. Like I just, I could always, understand all that stuff. And when I got saved at 18 and then entered ministry, uh, when I was 22, 20, yeah, 22, um, which side note, I never wanted to be a, a pastor ever was not in my, at all. I wanted to be a high school history teacher, have summers off and surf and just be cool. But, um, but, but I got called to ministry and then, um, from there, it just, it it kind of like everything began to click, like all of those things from when I was younger, I just started to see like, no, I can create these environments. I can make these things happen. So we we started a youth ministry at this church I was at up in Washington, sort of like seven young people, ended up growing to about 300 on a weekly basis. And, um, and it was a culture in itself, it kind of began to rule the city. And it's because you, you, you start to create a community where people, they want to be a part of it. Like they want to, you create something that becomes so electric and so attractive, but also authentic at the same time, especially for, for today, you need that, um, that the people they gather to it. So when I, when I was, uh, um, after interviewing for about four months, at North Coast Church. Probably very accurate. I don't know if that's an exaggeration. I think that's very Oh, accurate. you got in pretty quick then. It was then. from January to about March, into March, but it was a long... <laughs> you know, I always joke that I've worked there for like, I don't know, 16 years or something. If I had to interview now for my job, I don't think I would get hired. It was brutal. It is brutal. It's gotten worse. <laughs> It was at one at one point within the interview process. I'm like, do I even want to work here? I know. <laughs> I got in when the bar was low, when they were like desperate for people. Kristen, <laughs> you're a rock star. You are a total rock star. They couldn't get you now. That's right. I hope you're listening, Chris Brown. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, but when I finally got... Um, down to North Coast, because again, I felt like my the Lord was calling my family down to North County, San Diego. So that was a real, it wasn't just a job opportunity for us, it was the calling of God. 
and so um, uh, we'd actually we'd left that youth ministry that we had had started and grown. Um, we started another uh, ministry called Think International, very similar to kind of what you guys are doing here. A lot of interviewing of leaders, and uh, at one point we were like the number one uh, uh, Christian leadership content channel on YouTube. Not any longer. We've since out like. Anyways, but that's a whole that's a whole other story. <laughs> but um, but when within getting to the Jordan, I stepped in and it was uh, I, I think like like real numbers were probably about eighty people a week, and um, I just kind of went in and I observed. Like that's kind of the first part. I'm just a real curious person. I think I mean like if anyone's out there taking notes, if you can be curious, it's one of the the greatest leadership. Um, what's the qualities, the leadership qualities that you can have is to be curious. Uh, so I went in, I, I just was curious. I was curious about um, the culture of the church that I was a part of North coast. I was curious about the culture of the Jordan, which I was now leading. And I was, and I was curious of the culture of North County, San Diego, in which we were like happening in which we were doing ministry. And I just started to see different things that I could tweak and I could twist to make more of those cultures begin to line up with each other um, and understanding kind of a, I mean, I'd worked with that generation at that point. It was millennials. Cause this was like eight years ago. I'd worked with them my entire time in ministry. So I knew them really, really well. Um, I'm a Gen Xer, but I'm like on that border of Gen Xer millennials. So I can identify with both really well. And um, I started to see, okay, what can we do here to create within this group? Um, a uh, a feeling, a vibe, a community. What shared experiences can we start to create, and um, and what can we do? Can just to, like just move the needle little by little by little, you know? Because anytime you come over, you come in and you take over a ministry. Uh, what people do a lot of times, they come in and just start wrecking everything. They start changing it all, and they make it what they want. They change the name. They do all this stuff, and. Um, that, that doesn't, that, that wins you, that wins you nobody. And, you know, like nobody start, nobody trusts you because you come and you change everything. Um, unless you're like a unicorn of a leader, it very rarely works. So I just came in and said, okay, what are the things that everyone kind of agrees are somewhat broken that I can start to fix? So I started, you know, like slowly but surely, like changed our, um, changed our logo, you know, like changed some of our branding, made it a little bit cooler. I started to identify people within the ministry that were, um, that were leaders and that were kind of like, um, not just leaders, but like, um, influencers, people that gathered others, people that if I knew they were on like, you know, our team side would begin to influence other people. And then I also kind of like began to reach out a little bit too. And what, what's the whole vibe and the feel outside of the young adult ministry? Like who used to come, who doesn't come anymore? Why don't they come? I started to meet with those people and it's kind of that whole thing of, you know, Hey, here's a little bit of vision. Hey, here's what I think this ministry can be. Like, I really think that the Jordan can be the, you know, the place where young adults from all over Southern California can go and find a place to belong and find a place to, you know, meet with Jesus and meet each other. And, and people started to buy into it slowly, but surely. And from there, uh, it really, I mean, it just kind of started to snowball. Then I, I, I like to say this, I say um, little, little wins give you big trust. And so with the, with the leaders that um, I had, you know, every time I, I would, I would try to change something or I would change something, they would watch and see if it worked. 
and it and it would work and it was little it wasn't like it wasn't like these massive things but it was little and little by little they go oh so every time jeff wanted now to change something every time jeff wanted to implement something they're like well it worked last time and my work this time and so all of a sudden now i i you know you you gain a team of people around you that are stoked on you that are stoked on your vision that believe in the direction of the ministry and it goes from a few people to more people to more people and then all of a sudden you've got like a man for lack of a better word like a little army around you that are like stoked on where the ministry is going and what's happening and a lot of that is i mean you got to create good branding you got to create good community you create good community by creating shared experiences. I feel like I'm talking an awful lot. I'll stop. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm writing oh, notes as you're talking. And, you know, I what I'm like feeling is like some of this is natural gifting on your part. You know what I mean? Like you describing your like spidey senses at those parties and just kind of being able to read the room. Like you just sound like you have like high emotional intelligence and it sounds like those giftings are what helped you figure out people, figure out what they need, figure out where you need to go. And so, you know, you and where you, where your success comes from, it sounds like a lot of it is, you know, that natural ability to just read into a situation. And it kind of like brings the question to my mind, like, you know, what if you just are not highly emotionally intelligent Mm -hmm. and you can't read culture, you know, like, do you think that there is a learning curve with reading culture? Or do you think that's like, Hey, you have it or you don't, you can read people or you can't you can see vision before it happened, you know? Yeah. You know, uh, um, that's, that's really, that's a great question because I think, um, I think ministry and churches are full of people that have no EQ. Um, you know, just to be blatantly honest, you know, I'm sorry for, if I, if I've hurt anybody's feelings. Don't there, worry. They don't know if that's them. I they have no I mean, idea you're they, talking it's them about. They're like, yeah, exactly. The church is full of those guys. <laughs> oh man. Those guys are horrible. Those over there. <laughs> Those those guys. I think. Um, uh, <laughs> oh gosh, forgive me, Lord. Um, I, I, a lot of it is just now. I mean, I remember actually in the interview process with North Coast, them saying, "Well, break down how you do what you do," and at one point going like, "I don't know, it's just who I am." Like right. it kind of is just who I am. I think over the years I've learned to, to explain it a little bit more. And you know, there's different. Like I'm a big fan now of like personality tests and gifting text, you know, tests because it helps you figure out, Oh, that's why I am the way I am. Like, like naturally I'm somebody who's never satisfied, which is a plus and a minus, by the way. Um, I'm somebody who's always thinking, you know, three, four steps ahead. And, um, I'm, I'm somebody who is going to try to see the potential in everybody around me and bring that out of them. Like that's just who I've, that's, again, that's kind of who I am. Um, and so I think you can build any ministry. You just have to build it on your strengths. And those were my particular strengths. And so for me, um, like, again, I was always thinking, okay, like we're 80. What does it look like to be 120? Okay, now we're at 120. Before we even get there, I'm like, what does it look to be like 250 right now? Like, what can we do to get to 250? Our room right now is limiting to us. We have to figure out how to get into a bigger room. That room is way too big. How can we shrink that room to make it feel like it's big enough? You know, like we're talking about like video cafe to the edge to make it feel like it's big enough 
to where then people are going to like have an energy and a vibe in there. Right. So there's that maximizer futuristic person in me that, um, that again, it's and part of it's like, it's, it's that never, it's then the never satisfied. Like there's, there's the, um, and I, and I think if you're not that person, you need to, and you're the leader, you need to find those people around you, bring them in close and ask their opinion and find out what it is they're thinking. Find out, you know, like, well, where should we be? What can we do to this room to change this? What can we do to this community? How can we create that vibe? Um, I think most successful leaders of growing things are, are social architects. They can figure out how to um, create a community that is attractive and growing because you can create a community that's not attractive. Sure. There's churches and ministries everywhere that are like that. They're very closed off. They feel like, you know, it's us four no more. They, they really love each other and that's it. But how do you do that to where you can create where they love each other and everybody else and everyone else wants to be a part of it? Okay. So then as you're talking now, I'm thinking through like, okay, so you get that. I'm writing down some buzzwords like that. You be curious on a macro and a micro level, little wins equal big trust, social architect. Like those are the things that are like sticking out at me. And again, they're coming very naturally to you, but you did not grow the Jordan to 600 by yourself. Obviously you had a team around you. So then what was the challenge of like, this comes very naturally to Jeff. This is who Jeff is. This is how Jeff thinks. Jeff can read the room, read people, see where we need to go next. And then I, I mean, you touched on a little bit with those big little wins, big trusts kind of thing, but how hard, like, where did you put the majority of your energy? Like when you built that team around you of staff members and the J turns, um, and all these people that helped, you know, forge you guys to those numbers and to that level of success, like what was like the, like proportionate energy, like pouring into students, pouring into influencers, pouring into staff, pouring into, you know, who, who rode that wave with you? Right. Exactly. Well, so I I think it's super, I mean, you have to build your team and, um, you build your, you don't build a team by gathering people necessarily. You build a team by building people. And, um, and so I started to, I mean, I was again, curious on my team. What are you into? What are your likes? What are you? And I had to right off the bat find people that were administrative because I suck at it. I can do it. I'm horrible, but I can do it. So I, I started to like recognize, oh, you know, Kaylee Coltrane, well, Kaylee Baker at the time, she's, she's administrative. You know, she's like, she, she kind of gets this whole like structure thing and okay, well, let me, let me talk with her a little bit. And, and, and James, he's got, he's, you know, he, he dresses kind of cool. He's got good taste in music, you know, like he's kind of like artistic a little bit. I bet you that guy could design some stuff. And so I, I just start to like, I'm, I'm curious and I'm interested in people. And so I start to talk to them and I find out what they're into and I find out what they're like. And, and then you talk to an Andrew Polfer and you go, wow, not you're like, man, you're creating your own music. What kind of music are you creating? Why is it that you're playing this music then at the Jordan when, when you have so much broader of a, you know, of, of a, repertoire i don't know you know what i mean like, like you know you can play i don't even know what that word is but you can play like so much better and you got so much more passion in these areas and so part of it was um you know recognizing gifting and then and then you know casting vision with that gifting um some of it is just was just releasing them to like operate in their gifting 
Like so many people have incredible leaders around them or incredibly gifted people around them, but those people just need to be released to do it. You know, like there's so many videographers in your ministries, but people don't know it, you know, like, because they've never been like handed a camera and said, I think you could do this. I believe in you go for it. Um, Some like a lot of people like are frustrated with different parts of their ministries because those parts of their ministries are doing things from an old way that they were told to do it. And they just need somebody to come in and go, no, you can do it the new way. Do it your way. Your way is rad. Rock it. You know, like decide you pick the worship list. You, you know, like I trust you go for it. And so that, that was just, that was part of it for me was just finding those leaders, identifying their giftings, their potential, um, casting vision for it, and then giving them the tools to do it. Like, um, I've always had an eye for video. I've always had an eye for graphics. I can't, I couldn't design a, I couldn't design my way out of a paper bag, you know, like you get me on a computer. I'm, I'm, I'm horrible <laughs> at it. Right. Um, you know, I can, I can edit little family video vlogs, but I can't like do a, a huge masterpiece of a, you know, a sermon intro or like a, you know, something cinematic, but I can connect with those people who can. Right. And, and just kind of breathe life into them. Well, I think it's going back to that, that thing you first said is like the being curious, you know, and I've seen that in you too, of just sitting down and different questions you'll ask, you know, that, and, and I think that is kind of, I don't, I don't want to be overly dramatic and say a lost art, you know, but I feel like, especially pastors, like we are not good listeners. Like most pastors don't want to listen. They want credit for asking, but they don't want to put in the time to listen. They want to run by, give you a high five and call it good and pretend that there's a relationship and that like their work in the room, you know, but like people smell that like a mile away, you know, and, and they so- feel like they also want to make it seem like they have all the answers, right? Because that can be, they're thinking it can be perceived as a weakness. If I say, I don't know, you're better at yeah. this than I am. So does that make me a lesser of a leader when in fact it makes you that much more because you have that vision to see it in somebody else. Right. And honing their skills and um yeah, like that whole journey of you and the Jordan, it just seems like my big takeaway from that is be curious, you know, like how many people did you get to know and brought alongside you and use their gifts and mind out what was like their strength. And then they own it too. Sure. That it's not just your show, mm-hmm. but it's a community that you've built that are all, you know, rowing the same direction. When, when you invest in people, Again, like what you're saying about pastors, it's so true. We're so used to like telling people like, well, this is the answer. Or they start to talk like, let me stop you right there. But I'll tell you what you're saying. You know, (laughs) like it's this, it's, it's horrible. But, um, but when you, when you take people and you invest in them, you, it actually creates a loyalty almost to you and to your ministry because of what you've helped them to accomplish. And you never want to do this because you want to use people, but like for, it has to be a purity of heart. You know, like um, with Andrew Pulfer, like I just wanted him to be better. Like he was great, but I wanted him to be even like I saw that he could be even greater as a worship leader and as a musician. And I just was like, I just came in and said, man, I believe in you. You're phenomenal. Like just keep, you keep rocking. Hey, try this song. I think this song, try, try that. And then, man, it just, it, it blows up from there. You know, like I, when, when people are invested in, they um and you don't invest in them to get that loyalty but then you get it 
like you get those relationships, you get that anybody that helps build you up, you're going to love unless you're a sociopath <laughs> and, yeah. and then you're, and then you're, you're weird anyways. But like, does that, does that make sense? You know, I think For sure. like how many, how many people Kristen are so like, they love you because like a Gordy or these people, because you came in, you saw potential in them, you raised them up and then like, you didn't hold on to them, but like you would let them go. Like, but they probably, it's probably hard for them to go because they love being in your ministry. They loved hanging out with you. They loved learning from you. They loved like celebrating wins with you. You know, like that's just a phenomenal thing. I think. <laughs> You're going to get me <laughs> I mean, That's, you know, that's, that's, that's incredible though, you know, and side note for you, again, this, is, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but as a female leader in leadership, to be able to do that, and you're raising up young men, like you're top notch rock star, like that's phenomenal. You got to run a book or something like that. So cool. Stay tuned, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, we just released an episode kind of on that thing of like, uh, re- like, are you building up? women in your ministry? Or are you hiring them? And that's it. So yeah, we, we got into that. That's a fun one to talk about. Yeah. Have, um, have you read the book? Have you listened to or read, uh, Katie Cole? Yeah. I have her book on my, um, in my room right now. Yeah. yeah I, got Linda to, Bishop. I got to hang out with her at a, at a conference recently. She's brilliant. She's like, really? she's phenomenal. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Linda Bishop, Larry Osborne's sister, passed that one on to me. And yeah, I'm eating that up. But um, because that's right up my alley. I love that kind of stuff. I want to spend a little bit of time because you did not stay at the Jordan. You know, this young adult ministry that became larger than life, you know, that um, you had poured your heart and soul into. And I remember being on staff with you and hearing the news like Jeff is leaving North coast and starting a church. And it was so exciting. Like, Oh my gosh, like this is amazing. And I can totally knowing you, I can totally see how like, of course Jeff could do that. But then this other part of me was like, man, like what did it take? Like you had it made North coast. It became, I'm sure because of all your hard work, somewhat cush at a certain point, because you had an incredible team, you had grown it huge. It was running like clockwork. Everything you touched turned to gold. Everyone was like, Jeff, 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 (laughs) Jeff, you know, and then to go and follow this like calling to where you would be starting a church from the ground up. I just am so curious, like the inner workings of that, like how did comfortability not win out for you? Or was it like, I didn't see that as comfortable because how you describe yourself, like never satisfied going vision next. What's, what's big, what is God doing? So I would just love to hear kind of the internal factors that led to that. Like, was it the voice of God or was it just this huge dream? And you're like, I want to see if I could do it. Like, (laughs) totally. Well, it it was, it was a both and. So like some of this is going to sound incredibly carnal and some of this is going to sound very spiritual. (laughs) We'll just marry those two. Well, then we'll like you because Ecclesiastes says, don't be overly spiritual because no one's going (laughs) to like you, but don't be overly carnal. (laughs) So you'll be a good blend. (laughs) Right. There we go. Um, So Part of it was I, I I felt for a long time a calling as to be a lead pastor, 
and even possibly to plant a church. And so um, years ago, even a decade ago, before we took the job at Northcrest, we flew down here and drove around and said, "Is it should we plant a church? And, um, and we just didn't feel a release at that time. And then coming down and then seeing the, the Jordan grow from, you know, 80 to 120 to 250 to 500, and then, you know, getting even close to 700 some weeks. Um, uh, like it was great, but I knew that it, that was limited. And it also to the age, the age group was limiting for me because I'd done youth ministry and I was doing young adult ministry and I wanted to just go beyond that. And I wanted to lead in a way where I didn't have any kind of lid. So knowing that the Jordan was at, uh, you know, like at this place, like the, the building we met in was the edge was the, the venue was the edge that uh, room, by the way, every room has a natural, like it'll regulate itself numerically at a certain number. That one regulates itself around like 400, 480. Like is it's, and we are already busting past that on a regular basis of like in the mid fives and stuff. And so I knew that we were kind of done in that room. Also side note, knowing my age at that time, late thirties, like I knew that I have another really good burst of ministry that I want to build something for. So if I was going to go to another campus or do another venue or another service, and also to knowing that budget wise we're limited. So there are all these, there's sort of be all these limiting factors within that. And, and there was also too, a lot of churches were coming after me at that time of like, Hey, come take us over. Hey, would you come, you know, be our lead pastor? Hey, would you do a succession plan? Hey, would you? And, um, and I, I would talk with some of those and I was really open with, you know, our leadership, Chris Brown and, and those people about all those, those things, but it just got my mind and my spirit thinking more on that lead pastor type thing. Um, but anytime I thought about leaving North County, San Diego, my heart hurt. I just couldn't do it. I mean, I had some like real rad areas or some real rad churches with some incredible offers and I just couldn't leave North County, San Diego. So I went to Chris Brown. I said, Hey man, I think I'm going to stay here and I think I want to plant a church. And to his credit, he's like, cool. All right, well, let's try to elongate this as long as possible. Let's try to keep you on staff here at North coast for as long as we can. And, um, so my wife and I just began to talk about it and she was like, nah, I don't want to plan a church. I was like, well, we got to do something babe, because <laughs> do you like, want to stay in San Diego or do you want to plan a church? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if anyone's ever experienced those rifts in marriages, but I was like, well, um, so, you know, we, we came to kind of like this, this head of what we went through, um, like in hindsight, it was like the timing was of everything because I wanted to do it way before she did. But our son ended up getting like a little bit of some health issues. He's, he's since moved past a lot of those. Um, and, uh, and so we went through counseling for a, a summer, you know, where we were meeting with a counselor because like I, I was ready. I was moving ahead and she was like, I don't want to go. And it eventually came to the point where she's like, all right, it's time for me to trust where God's leading us through, through you. And, um, for her, it was like this where, you know, you step into the Jordan at flood stage and then it parts and you're able to walk through. That's how she describes it. It was like, okay, now I get it. Okay. Now, and all of a sudden then she was, she was on board and that was in January, 2019. Um, and cause the, a couple things, let me rewind a little bit. One, I told the Lord, I said, look, I don't want to plant a church. God, unless it, unless it has a cool name. (laughs) <laughs> that is so I, you i promise you i promise you again i sound so carnal but i was like i don't want to do it like i'm not gonna have like 
Church of the Oceanside. You know, like it's just, just so, you know, or like, I don't want to name any other church names, so I don't want to offend anybody, but I just didn't want to do it. And so, uh, but the Lord. But I, but I do have a bone to pick, though, with, with the name Rhythm. I love it. I love everything it stands for. I cannot spell it for the life of me. <laughs> That's a more of a me thing, but even Kristen on your notes, you spelled it. I wrong. did. R H Y T H M N. No, there's no, there's no N at the end. Yeah, there is. But yeah, I, I know, right? That's the like, that's the Achilles heel of like God's like, I'm gonna give you a cool name, but you can't spell it. You can't spell that name. Like, thank you, Lord. Dang hey, it. nobody writes anymore at all. Yeah, I'll auto correct and work itself out. Don't worry about it. It's funny. You know what's funny is that I've given people my emails, but but I don't get the email because they spelled the name <laughs> rhythm wrong in my email. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so you know, so he kind of laid the, he laid Matthew uh, chapter eleven verses twenty to thirty from the message translation on me and it blew my mind. It was like rhythms of grace, rhythm church, boom. And so then we just started we started to move down that road. Um, kind of full, like full force. Talk, again, talked to Chris Brown. Said, "Hey, man, by 2020, we want to launch." He's like, "Okay, cool." Uh, um, we start working some stuff behind the scenes that cast a vision of a few people that again I invested in over the years, and um, and they're like, "Cool, let's go. We're down." Um, it was hard. It was it was really it was very tempting to stay at North Coast. There was a lot of me that well, for one, I loved everyone I worked with. Like it's just incredible staff culture. Um, I, uh, I absolutely like Chris Brown's one of my, you know, great friends, you know, one of my best friends. Um, like the people that I got to, that I could have like lived the rest of life in ministry with like in close knit quarters was, was cool. But, um, but I, I've, I've learned a long time ago that you have to steward your gift. Um, and I knew that if I stayed, I wasn't going to be a proper steward of my gift. Wow. Um, and so uh, there was a real, there was a real wrestling for probably from like 2017 to like 2000, like 19 of like, what do I do? Like, you know, like, Lord, I know you've made me a builder. You've made me entrepreneurial. Like you've made, like you've done these things in me. You've made me an influencer and a culture setter. Can I utilize my gifts to the full here at North coast? And I just wasn't sure that I could. And so I had to, you know, I had to step out. And it was one of the hardest things because you step out of security, right. you step out of comfort, you know, for, for sure paycheck, you know, all that, all that stuff, um, a place of authority, you know, like, like, you know, like you can make decisions, Jeff, you can do things and, and you step into. Yeah. And that was one of the things that always, like when I was thinking of your journey, I was like, you had so much like there was so much freedom, you know, and it was, that's why I was like, man, I want to hear this internal monologue, you know, because, and hearing you describe yourself. And I think like one thing you said, that's always going to stay with me is stewarding your gifts. And like, I think that takes like, that's a risk and that's a discipline and that's obedience. That's not like, Hey, I put in all these years of hard work. Let's ride the wave. You know, it's more like you don't climb and climb and climb so that you can just enjoy the view forever. You know, you like, it just sounds like you were up for a challenge of like, I've got more in me and that's gonna go somewhere. And, and it can't, it can't fully realize its potential where I'm at. Like that's such a risk, you know? 
it's a huge risk. It's incredibly scary. And, and the, that was the thing of like stepping out, not knowing what other churches would support us, what, what other, what people would support us, who would go with us, you know, um, you know, you risk massive rejection of like the people going like, Oh, cool. Good for you. And we got a lot of that. I got, a, it was, man, the people, some of the people I thought would come with me didn't. And some of the people that I thought hated me actually ended up coming with me. It was really <laughs> Wait, I thought you said you had good EQ. Uh... <laughs> I know, right? I know, exactly. <laughs> but it, I mean, that was, that was like such a cool thing of the Lord is the Lord, like the, literally, it was maybe a couple months in, God hit me up and said, hey, quit looking for who's coming with you and start looking forward to who I'm bringing to you. Ooh. And that like, that rocked me. Because here I was like thinking of, well, I had this relationship and I knew these people and I did their wedding and I did, you know, like, <laughs> and then he was like, don't worry about any of that stuff. I'm bringing you people who wow. like, we're going to do this. And so it was a, it was, it was a massive struggle. It was like times highs, lows, crying, you know, depression, ups, down. I mean, it was all over the place. Of course. But it's just one of those things that, you know, I, I couldn't ignore. And there's a part of me that, um, that, you know, I love, I love being comfortable, but I'm also kind of scrappy. Like the, the first church I was a part of was, it was a, you know, it was a church plant. And so like, you know, like I said, like we started with seven young people, you know, the church grew to about 600, our youth ministry grew to about 300. I was the only person on staff for that church as far as for young people. Wow. Like I had no, no paid interns. I mean, I tried to get a paid intern one time, try to get an intern for a hundred bucks a month was told no. So, By the intern, I, they're like, no way, Jeff, uh, not worth my time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like I, I had to learn, like, I thank God for that season though, because I had to learn, you know, I had to learn how to attract people and like get them on the team without any promise of anything, except for this is going to, you're going to see God move and you get to be a part of it. It's going to be rad. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, here's the cool thing. And that I'm just you know, and I haven't gotten to connect with you in a while, but it's you, you know what I mean? Like that, like in our last episode, we were talking about how like people thrive when you give them you and like, that's, that's this resource, like that God has given you and that you're willing to give away and that you're willing to share and that you're willing to be like so transparent and vulnerable and, you know, like share life with. I remember when we went to Israel, like I was having major like panic attacks and I was talking to you, like talk me through like how you got through your anxiety. Like I'm feeling crazy right now, you know, and you just like shared your life. You shared your story. You shared your struggle, you know, in that moment. And, you know, I always remembered that and, and hearing you talk, it's like, yeah, you have you to give and that's what you gave North coast. That's what you're giving rhythm. That's what you've given your family. And that, you know, like, I I guess we can't bottle up Jeff and, you know, sprinkle it on our ministries, you know, but like hearing you talk through these things of just the value you place on people and the trust that you have in God and, um, just your attentiveness to his voice too, of like hearing him in that of like, this is going to be hard work, but I'll provide, you know? So what has been like, obviously you didn't transfer the Jordan culture to rhythm. 
So was that this other, like you've already built this thing. Did you feel like exhausted? Like, here we go. I need to now set another culture or did it just sort of form organically based on where you were at your setting and the new people? You know, when I was doing something very similar to your guys were doing, I, I, I got to sit down with Brian Houston from Hillsong. And um, I asked him about culture because they have one of the most amazing cultures like throughout an, or a global organization. And I said, how do you build culture? And he goes, ah, mate, you have to be the culture. That's my worst impersonation, impersonation <laughs> ever. I'm sorry. I didn't think him out. when you said it. I he, got yeah, it. He's yeah. from Scotland. But, 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> he's from Scotland, apparently. No, he's Australian. I'm horrible. I'm sorry. Bro. Mm, but, must but, be a different Houston. You got to be the culture, whatever. <laughs> so, but what that, but what that just is, is that like you, like you are the culture and you're going to set the culture in your ministry. And, um, and I think it just, again, not naturally flows out of you. If, if I could do, if, if I could like shout from the rooftops everywhere to leaders all over the place, if they're true leaders, not just like, not leaders by title, but like leaders, like by gifting, I would just say, be yourself, you be you, um, and give other permission, other people permission to be themselves. Because just by simply being who you are, you'll create things around you. Um, so I, I just, like Brian Houston said, I just bead the culture. Like, I am who I am. I'm going to set that. So much so to, to as I built the team for Rhythm and hung out with the people. And, and then, the, you know, like our staff and leaders are hanging out with other people. It just, it, like, it infects it. So our opening Sunday, this is really kind of a, a cool story. Our opening Sunday, I had um, interns or former interns fly in. They were free interns, not paid, by the way. (laughs) Well, of course. None of that $100 stuff. (laughs) Old interns and old leaders from the youth ministry that I led um, back up in Washington that are now all over the country. Some of them still Washington, some are out in Pennsylvania, some are in Las Vegas. They all came in. They all flew here to... um, San Diego, which is not, you know, like a tough sell. You know, like, hey, come to San Diego for a weekend in January. Brutal. So they all, they all flew in and um, they surprised me. I didn't know they were doing it, which was very cool. And one of my, uh, we were, it was the night before we launched and we were all sitting in my kitchen and you know, just hanging out talking. And Spencer, who had led worship for me for years, he asked me this question. He goes, yo, he goes, I noticed today as we're there setting up and doing all the different stuff, he goes, it's the same culture here that it was up there. Wow. He goes, how do you do that? And I, I just, I, I, I didn't, I was like, I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of who it flows out of who you are. Right. You know, you're curious and you champion people and you love people and you have vision and, and it just, so it, it ends up creating a very similar culture. So it's not the same culture of the Jordan, but it is very similar. I mean, we've had people visit, they used to go to the Jordan years ago before everything got shut down and they, they came on a Sunday and they're like, man, it just feels so similar to the way the Jordan used to feel. Wow. Like Cause it's you. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it is you and it flows from you. I mean, it's like beautifully frustrating <laughs> sort of, you know, to hear you say that because like, okay, so you have the Midas touch. And then there's like people who like bless their heart. Like I've seen people try so hard and it like just doesn't happen for them. Like mm-hmm. they just can't get a following. They can't 
be, they can't create influence. There's just something that's just not quite there. And, and then it's like, is leaders, are leaders born or made, or, I mean, like, it's just such a frustrating. I, you know, I, I think it's a, honestly, I think it's a both and really. Cause like, when you think about like, you know, with your kids, like there's nature and there's nurture, like right. there's certain things that just like, I think with leaders, leadership, there's nature and there's nurture. And some people like, you know, Larry Osborne's brilliant because he's the most honest man on the face of the planet. He's like, some people just aren't leaders. <laughs> you know, like we've, we've put out there like everyone's a leader. No, not really. You know? Right. And, and in ministry, there's number ones and there's number twos. And a lot of people are number twos trying to be number ones and it just doesn't work. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were saying their, their most frustrating line at those graduation ceremonies is when like the person will like get up there and say like, now go out and be leaders. And they're like, no, like, don't (laughs) like, not everyone's supposed to be a leader. Like it's just, how could everyone be one? Like that doesn't even make followers. Yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't make sense. Jeff, this stuff, like I literally have been writing notes as you've been talking and not notes so that I can keep up with the conversation notes to like transfer to my ministry journal later, because I feel like there's just these sound bites that are huge. And, you know, a lot of times when you and I, like, we didn't get a whole lot of one-on-one time whenever I saw you, it was mostly in the context of a meeting or something like that. So this was just hugely valuable for me. And I know it'll be incredibly valuable for our listeners. I mean, I can't even thank you enough. And I feel like I need to discipline myself and like start like making a move toward the end because I could literally ask you questions all <laughs> night. <laughs> I We're going to start part my 10 time. here. <laughs> I know. Now. Cause I like, I have things that I'm like, Oh, I want to ask, but I'm like, dang, okay. We should, we should steward our leadership here. (laughs) Okay. So we do like to ask our guests some fun questions too. Um, obviously you are an incredible pastor influencer. I mean, God has just used you in huge ways, but let's pretend for a second that you are not pastor Jeff Moore's and you're not super cool with the Midas touch and (laughs) we're in an alternate universe um, what would Jeff Moore's be in an alternate universe with a completely different path? Um, well, there's like the ultimate Jeff Moore's would be a professional surfer traveling oh. the world, getting paid to surf, um, some of the best waves, uh, in, um, on planet earth. So <laughs> that would be like my, my number one, assuming that I could like pick any path. Yeah. So professional surfer, that would be it. Sponsored, making lots and lots of money and traveling the world. Uh, if that didn't work out, um, there's again, this is going this might even sound really depressing. I'm sorry, but I would, I would like maybe a Jeff Moore's that like wasn't so driven and was more satisfied with just chilling. Ah, I think, I think a Jeff Moore's that like worked a regular, like nine to five job and just hung out. I would be okay with that. Yeah. Like you're, you probably wonder, I was talking to one of my leaders the other day, you know, Johnny Maldonado. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was like freaking out about something. He's like, Kristen, just chill. He's like, (laughs) I don't even worry about it. I'm not even going to write my paper. I'm not even going to do it. I don't even care. (laughs) 
I'm like, I want to be you just for like 24 hours <laughs> so that I can like turn this brain off because I'm... I'm not probably as driven as you. I'm a three. And so I'm like, want to achieve two. And I'm like, I want to be like Johnny Maldonado for a day. Like, whatever. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> so jealous of those people. Right? Relax. <laughs> well, Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. Where can people connect with you on Instagram, uh, website, things like that? What's the best way to get a hold of sure. you? Sure. So um, Instagram, it's just at Jeff Moore's. Um, that's basically everything, my Twitter, all that different stuff. Although I'm not on Twitter much anymore, but at Jeff Moore's, uh, our church website is, uh, my rhythm That's M Y R H Y T H M church.com. And, uh, and I'm also, I have my own website, Jeff I don't even know what it looks like anymore. So wow. it's out there floating somewhere, but, but yeah, those are on TikTok. I'm at Jeff Moore's, you know, hey. <laughs> my and what about rhythm churches, Instagram? Oh, so Rhythm Church's Instagram is at Rhythm Church, but it's C H R C H. There's no U in it because so they're really messing with me in spelling here on that one. <laughs> I know. Wait, why did you have to get rid of the U? I don't get it. Was so, it too well, long? We tried to we tried to get it, but somebody else had it. So oh. we were just like, okay, Rhythm Church without the U. I don't know. It's cool. It looks it cool. Works. People like it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And then you can you can be corny and be like, you know what's missing? You. Oh, you got dad jokes too. <laughs> yeah. Dad jokes for days. That's right. Come on. Uh, well, I'm going to encourage everyone out of all those media outlets to definitely check out your TikTok because that's the newest <laughs> thing on your repertoire uh, yeah, lately. My daughter so. Isla, we're rocking it. We're doing it for sure. <laughs> Hey, I want to thank you guys. You guys are phenomenal. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for like putting together something for other pastors and leaders and stuff to come and learn from because it's so necessary. Like I know like we read books and blah, 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 but it's stuff like this that really sparks a lot for people's like, you know, leadership and takes them to new levels. And I believe, I I totally believe in what you guys are doing and you have so much to offer. And you guys are like a dynamic duo, Jeff, with all of your gifts and video and all that stuff. And Kristen, all of your ministry knowledge and raising up leaders and you guys are going to blow this out the water. I'm excited. Mm. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. You're the best. Then we definitely need to have Jeff back again several times. (laughs) Well, yeah, I have like, eight questions here. I didn't even get to this. So (laughs) thanks again, Jeff. Take care. You bet. Later guys. Bye. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope that it provided a ton of insight for you to create health in yourself, your ministry and your church. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the ministry coach podcast, wherever you're watching or listening. And it would mean so much to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple podcasts. And we'd also encourage you to share it with a friend so that it can go to help more people. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time.